Welcome to the Bitchcraft podcast, where we discuss witchcraft with a modern lens. Jade and I are going to discuss our tales from the broom closet. Jade, what is the broom closet exactly? So the broom closet is when you practice uh, witchcraft in private. Basically, you have to hide in the broom closet. Essentially, like coming out, essentially, like you would if you were LGBT. So basically, uh, gay witches get two closets. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, the gay witch <laughs> closet comes, uh, you know, glittery and rainbowy. And then the normal, I mean, granted, the normal witch closet is kind of nice too. Gay witches get a whole ass walk in closet. <laughs> yeah. And, and then uh, you have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm an awesome bitch. And that's, that's witchcraft right there. <laughs> bitchcraft is what it is <laughs> oh shoot we should name the podcast that oh wait too late <laughs> okay so so um when did you come out of the broom closet so i didn't necessarily come out of the broom closet i had to kick the door down and set that bitch on fire uh <laughs> i want to say i started getting into it when i was 13 years old uh, I saw a movie called The Craft, and I was like, shit, I want to do that, and then I did. Oh, God. Do we all have a thing like that where, like, we saw a piece of media, and we're like, oh, man, I want to do that? Because the thing for me was Harry Potter. Harry Potter? <laughs> I, I, think, I think I was like, hang on, I want to, uh, I know we're only a few years age difference, so I want to say I was like, yeah, 10 when that came out. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, so was I because we are like the same age. Yeah, so yeah, I think the books came out. I wasn't allowed. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to read those because that was the devil. That's right. Uh, the the irony with that is that they're kind of sort of right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give them that win, but I can't really not, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, read Harry Potter. It'll make you a witch. And I'm like, it will? It will. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get into Harry Potter until after the first movie. Um, but I would love to do like a whole uh, media episode on witchcraft. Yeah, I would love that because I would love to talk about how JKR specifically made me a, made me a witch so that I could hex her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? We'll do a whole episode on hexing JK Rowling. Let's, we should hex JKR live on podcast call. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna hex jkr live on twitch <laughs> and so many people would join we don't have a twitch yet but maybe we should this will be a thing that i will consider okay <laughs> but yes incredible yeah what was the chick's name in the craft who played nancy whoever that was i was completely gay for her but i don't I know would... because i never actually saw the craft <gasps> that's okay I, I know, it. I know. I it's sacrilege. It. I watched it for us. It's okay. You watched it for us. You've yeah. you probably watched it enough times for all of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally gay for the entire cast. Uh, Thank you, Jade, for taking one for the team. You're, you're, I will take anything I can around pretty woman around the team. <laughs> I will take any woman for the team. <laughs> any woman for the team. That's that is that is essential being witchcraft. Just joking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. So you started when you were like really young, right? 
Yeah, and I probably even goes back to further than that because apparently I had a babysitter that was a high priestess, and <laughs> I guess it was like instilled in my brain because I would believe in. Oh, Thumbelina! Oh, we go all the way back. Thumbelina oh. was one of the first movies. I was like, ooh, fairies. So I guess I go all the way back to when I was like five. Oh wow, you sure do. You know what really helped me? Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender oh, okay. was some good. Because there's a lot of, like, uh, very, like, Eastern tradition, like, really, like, hard-baked in that. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it's not literal, but, you know, you've got your chakras, and you've got your energy, and you've got your four elements, and there is definitely, I feel like it broke down those concepts for me in a way that was really chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely chef kiss. It was all uwus. It was great. All uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I think my uh, so after I saw the craft, I think Charm Two was around there, but I didn't get into Charmed until after I already practiced it, because uh, I wanted to see how bad off, you know, how badly they got it. Ah, uh, uh. so. <laughs> I think I want to say my first ever tarot deck and my first ever like witch like deck came from like uh, Borders. Oh wow! Okay. All right. Um, my my first tarot deck was Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you have to hex someone to the shadow realm, man, you got to do what you got to do. Some people deserve the shadow realm. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I had taken it from a friend, right? Because a friend of mine, she didn't practice tarot, but her family did. And she was like, listen, if you really, really want to get into tarot, and I did, who boy did I want tarot at 14? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she said, listen, any any cards will work if you can assign meaning to them, because that's all it is. And I was like, you're right. So I got together some Yu-Gi-Oh cards I got together some Magic the Gathering cards, and I did my best. I did my best. I love Magic the Gathering. I don't play it because (laughs) I'm not a 12-year-old boy who sits in the basement. Just kidding. (laughs) I don't play it because I'm not 12. (laughs) Just kidding. My favorite person in the world plays Magic the Gathering. He's tried to get me into that so many times, but I'm like, hey, I looked into the lore of Magic the Gathering. Holy shit, that is filled with witchcraft. I would love, like, oh my, we're going to do a whole episode <laughs> on <laughs> witchcraft immediate because, like, dang. Oh, yeah. God, that episode is going to be like a three-part or something. Probably. <laughs> we have so many things to say. You do. There's so many, like, the more you think about it, you're like, oh, hey, like, like witchcraft is, like, basically instilled in your brain from, like, a young kid. Like, even, like, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell can be considered witchcraft, too, because, you know, you have to believe in Tinkerbell and you have to believe in magic in order for it to work. Yeah, that's a very, like, ooh, yeah, man, paganism is really baked into our media, and I don't want to lend any credence to, like, the hardcore conservatives who are afraid of television, but I have to give credit where credit is due. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But these ideas are baked in religions all over the world. Even the Bible says that if you believe you can move mountains, you can. So, like, eh, it's in religion, too. Yeah. So, you know... Christians need to need to get over it just a little bit. Just a little bit. But just a little bit. But yeah. So so yeah, my first tarot deck was a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Okay. <laughs> I can explain. <laughs> um 
but yeah, I spent a good, God, a good like five years in the broom closet. Because I started when I was about 14. Uh, I was reading the fourth Harry Potter book at the time. And these ideas have been bouncing around in my head for a whole minute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to do that. And mag- like, with magic and witchcraft for me was a way to gain control of my life where I otherwise had none. Because I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. 14 years old as a child. Sorry to all the 14-year-olds listening to the podcast. You're a kid. Yes. <laughs> Which means you don't have a whole lot of control. Insert the so- plan song. I'm just a kid. <laughs> oh no we're showing her that was my jam okay that's still your jam <laughs> my jam I'm 31 years old and I listen to shit that I was uh, 14 I have a whole playlist on Spotify saying I'm glad I was a teenager in the early 2000s I'm I still listen to Simple Plan and I'm not sorry me neither <laughs> I should be but I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not ashamed of my punk rockness <laughs> oh gee punk rock but yeah when I was 14 I felt like I had no control over anything in my life my life was off the rails completely batshit my parents controlled everything mm-hmm. and I didn't pick up witchcraft to rebel mm-hmm. but I did pick up witchcraft to have a sense of control where otherwise I didn't have any mm-hmm. and, and the only way for me to keep that was to hide it yeah. So I lived, I was in the broom closet before I realized I was in the gay closet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I was a witch first and then it came out of the actual closet later. I was, I was deep in that denial. I want it. But... Yeah. <laughs> you were like, hmm, wait a second. I wonder if these correlate. I wonder if these correlate. Uh, they often do. <laughs> Uh, when I was like 14 or 15, I went to the Renaissance Fair. And of course, the Renaissance Fair is all about, you know, being yourself. But there was a there was a bumper sticker there that said, sorry, I missed church. I was too busy becoming a lesbian and practicing witchcraft. And I took that shit literal. <laughs> I was I was too busy doing witchcraft and women and women. And if that mood, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the mood. That is the whole mood there. Uh, <laughs> so I think I actually came out of the closet actually, uh, being bisexual, uh, person and then being a witch around the same time. And, uh, I made the joke earlier that I wasn't, I didn't come out of the broom closet. I literally had to kick down the door, uh, because my grandmother, <laughs> may she rest in hell. Oh shit. Did I say that? Can you, can you edit that out? No, I'm not going to edit that. No. Okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna be haunted by my grandmother for saying hell on a podcast. Oh shit. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh. She. She was. She was a Southern Baptist, and I tell people that they're like, "Oof." I have yeah. not. I have not stepped in a church since I was like 13. And uh, if any of my childhood friends are listening to this, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being friends with me for so long. Uh, because I absolutely did not like going to church. I was like, nope. Uh, so my, my, I was sitting there and it was around Father's Day. And I had a very strange relationship with my birth father. And the, the church, uh, the church pastor, what do they call them? Pastors? 
Yeah. Uh, or something like the church priestess. Like, okay. <laughs> they, they was like, you need to let God into your heart, and God can heal all. And I was like, fuck this. And I think it even went back before that. Like my favorite uncle died when I was ten, and I was constantly praying to God. And I was like, why is this getting shittier and shittier? Uh. So when I was thirteen, I started practicing. Uh, like I said, after I saw the craft, I was like, hmm. So I started practicing mainly because I had depression at thirteen, like most people did. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was being uh, many a thirteen-year-old has depression. I don't even want to say I was emo because that didn't work. That word didn't really exist then. I was just a depressed bitch. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't emo. I was just sad. I was just sad, <laughs> and so I started doing witchcraft as a way to, to basically meditate, and like you said, take control of my life where otherwise I did not have control. So I had a lot of uh, trauma in my life, and once again, this is not Jane and Hazel's trauma power hour but i do have to touch a little bit on it about how becoming a witch and practicing witchcraft sometimes literally did save my life because i'd be sitting there like in my room and then i would just just call the corners and talk to my deity and we'd be like i would see them in my dreams and my cat who was my familiar at the time was like hey man don't be sad Ah, yes, the emotional support animal. Animals are so good. We're going to do a whole episode about animals, too, because I'm so here for this. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that resonates so hard with me because so much of of my craft was about battling my depression in a situation where I did not have the help that I needed on any kind of professional level. Mm hmm and not really understanding that like depression is a very like a real thing. Um, my father doesn't believe in therapy and he doesn't believe in medication. So uh, when he said you're depressed, I had hoped that that meant that he was going to get me help. And that never happened. I turned to witchcraft because it was what I needed at the time. And sometimes it's still like a thing that I need. Yeah. And we live in the United States, so we don't have the luxury of free healthcare. No. <laughs> That's we don't have the luxury of healthcare. We don't. <laughs> we we're just vibing. <laughs> I don't want to like. Oh hey, uh, man. That's unfortunate. Uh, when I yeah. I want to say yeah. Oh shit! Everything kind of happened at once when I was thirteen. Uh. <laughs> my best friend at the time we were we were accused of being lesbians and practicing witchcraft they were right about the second thing uh, <laughs> right about half of that yeah Guess uh, which- <laughs> i no longer talk to these people i don't even know they even know about me they don't even know about my name change but my best friend at the time i still talk with her and two other girls we would you know do the whole like uh light as a feather sip board shit and like you know do like baby witch shit like i didn't know what i was fucking yeah like i i am almost positive i fucked with somebody when i was 13 i think i'm still paying off but hey whatever um (laughs) but i was really depressed i i I wanted to uh not be alive anymore i don't even know a funny way to say that because i don't want to get too like depressing on it but obviously when you're that young and you have no support system at home and you're just you know I think I think the memeiest, funniest way to say that is to say like you wanted to commit Sudoku. Sudoku. Um, <laughs> you want, you the- wanted to perform Sudoku. 
And uh, it's terrible because I took, uh, there's no funny way to say this, which with find a funny way to say this. And I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm not treating this question if so uh <laughs> just because i know a lot of social media stuff i've been in social media for a long time anything we say on this podcast about depression mental health we are not trained professionals if you feel this way uh please use resources so I just- we're not professionals we're not trained we're american we're find american. yourself a therapist yep. please yes <laughs> It's okay. For for me for me, my uh, go to is I want to eat a mushroom pizza. I'm deadly allergic to mushrooms. So if you ever hear me say <laughs> that, be like, I'm ordering a pineapple and ham pizza instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would also eat a pineapple on pizza if I hated myself that much. <laughs> <laughs> Discord. <laughs> that is the it's gonna get me canceled. People will be like, "Oh man, like your your shit your shit takes on witchcraft are fine, but pineapple on pizza? Oh, I quit. <laughs> uh, Cancel. Oh shit! It's only the fourth episode, or and we're <laughs> like the fourth episode, maybe like the fifth episode, and we're that's it. That's that's the big device takes. It's gonna get us ruined. <laughs> <laughs> My podcasting career is over. Oh, God, more tales from the broom closet. So when I was, I had been practicing witchcraft for about a year or two. And my parents found uh, a note of different correspondences to things. You know, bloodstone's good for something. Amethyst is good for something else. Rose quartz is good for love and self-esteem. And my parents found this and they had a big, like, sit down talk with me and my father had this big sit down talk with me. And he goes, he goes, you can't practice witchcraft. You're going to hell and you're making, you're making us cry. When we go to heaven, we want you there with us. And therefore you can't do this anymore. You can't, you can't do witchcraft. I, at that point had uh, become very established at entering a witchcraft headspace at will. Mm -hmm. So as he's talking, I'm just very quietly, like um, I have a stim that I do for a barrier spell, which is, um, I talked about in the last episode where I kind of encase myself in ice to protect myself. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I did during this conversation. He sat me down for an hour and I did not hear a word of it. I was completely shielded. Completely. I was not there. Not there for that. I did not hear a word. He said it went in one ear and out the other. Except I don't even think I had ears in that moment. Yeah. I didn't hear shit. Except what I heard was he didn't approve and I had to hide this from him or there would be consequences. Oh shit. Consequences. So of the consequences. consequences. Of the consequences. The very vague consequences that are meant to be super, super scary. And with my father they were. Oh. So the first thing I did, right? I think I was like fifteen at the time. First thing I did was join the church. I hated it. I I had a very intense sense of integrity that being anything other than who you are is lying to everyone and lying was the worst thing you could possibly do yeah so i went to church and i shielded myself every day going to church mm-hmm. like uh, a very like simple kind of glamour i'm gonna go and i'm going to wear a mask and no one will know me and i'll be safe and that's what i did and I dragged, I dragged another uh, very, like, witchy friend with me. 
and we would sit there and we would just do like visualization practices or, you know, we'd take bits and pieces from Christianity. Um, I was still not very good at like masking properly. Mm -hmm. So like I'd be sitting there in like the youth group and the guy, you know, like the, the fun Christian pastor guy for the youth group would always be like, so like, who was Jesus? (laughs) And I'd be like, well, he was a Messiah. Yeah, he was a Messiah. He's like, oh, that's a very Jewish take. And I was like, I'm so glad you took it that way. Yeah. Thank you. No, like, I was Jewish as well. <laughs> I have that in my roots. Yeah, the most. So, yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. Because like in neo-paganism, uh, he is he is a Messiah in the, the neo-paganism. Yeah. No, you can absolutely bring Jesus into your into your craft. I would not. I feel like he's been very tainted by the alt-right. Uh, you don't know which version of Jesus you're going to get because he's kind of a duality at this point between, like, you know, uh, fandom Jesus and written Jesus. Yeah, I choose, I choose <laughs> believe that Jesus loved prostitutes and actually supported trans people. Oh, no. Jesus said trans rights for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Jesus said trans rights. But uh, <laughs> we should put that on our shirt. Yeah. Perhaps I will. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a teespring immediately. Jesus said trans rights. Jesus said trans rights. Uh, post it on Twitter and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hookup. I will send you a shirt. <laughs> get that from my shirt guy i want a crop top that says jesus said trans rights yeah <laughs> absolutely but yeah so we took what we could from the bible that we were fed to us and i said well i guess there's a reason i'm stuck in church right now you know beyond the obvious uh, or there will be consequences and the result of that is that nowadays my craft has this uh very like it it does have a christian base but i refuse to view it through a christian lens Mm -hmm. i refuse to do that i will never view witchcraft because the people who are preaching against witchcraft they're obviously not witches yeah they've obviously never studied witchcraft and they've obviously never performed any witchcraft yeah they're not experts on this they're outsiders with an opinion this is going to sound like a very goth thing for me to say, but they're literal conformists. Like, <laughs> that is the most goth thing I have ever heard you say. They're conformists, but, but you're right. They are. <laughs> and I feel you like, are absolutely correct. And I feel like people like me and you, we don't, we just go with their, our own speed. We literally like dance to our own drums. We don't listen to anybody else's drums, but ours. That was that was my biggest downfall growing up was the fact that I don't move to the beat of anyone else's drum. I will not. I refuse to. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. I I spent a lot of time in these like Christian kind of groups. I was in that church for about a year. Yeah. And after about a year, I decided, okay, I think it's been long enough. I think my parents have forgotten that I'm a witch because I haven't heard shit about it since. And I think it's okay for me to kind of drop this pretense. And as long as I'm sneaky and don't write anything down, I should be fine. And I sure as hell continued practicing witchcraft, stealing my mother's lighters and stealing a tea light and sitting outside by myself at three in the morning when no one else would be awake. 
Is and it, I never got caught again. Is that witchcraft culture is to steal your parents' lighter? Because I totally did the same thing. Yes. Okay. Stealing your parents' lighters is witchcraft culture. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do I know if I'm a real witch? Steal your parents' lighter. You're a witch now. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, so for me, I actually came out of the broom closet in the actual closet the same day. Uh, I think I'm, I, I think I mentioned this in the uh, basic spells episode, but I had a mm-hmm. box in my room that looked like inside of a locker. Like I had good Charlotte photos, uh, simple plan photos. Look, it basically looked like a punk rock kids like dream. So I hit it. With, <laughs> I hit it with all like the stuff in Guitar Magazine, and it was just the contraband box. Yeah, so it was just it was disguised as just like, hey, I'm a kid and I put stuff in it. So I had my incense in it. I had letters from my then girlfriend in that box. And oh no! So my grandmother was a chronic smoker, so like the house would always smell like smoke. So I started burning mm-hmm. incense one day, not knowing that she was still there. She came down and goes, what are you burning down here? Took the incense holder, smashed it against the wall, and she went through my box, saw the the letters from my then-girlfriend, saw all of my witch shit, and told me that she was kicking me out of the house. Oh, my God. So it, it was a pretty traumatizing experience. My grandmother, like, bless her whatever she bless her whatever she okay so i guess she so with her i don't know too much about her side of the family all i know is they were from new mexico arizona area and she mm-hmm. uh, her her dad and her mom specifically would practice a lot of uh uh like native mana magic wow native magic <laughs> and i don't know anything about it all she told me is that she would have they would have their rituals and she didn't want anything a part of it she saw some shit so like that's so i guess she was traumatized i don't know what happened because she never ever told me so Mm. so she called up my birth mother and she was just like saying oh uh like they're into witchcraft blah 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 i i can't put them i'm put put, she even like threatened to put me in like uh what's the word uh what's the word for it i can't think of it um reform school even though, oh. I, even though I was a straight A student, she didn't want me dealing with that because apparently witchcraft, witchcraft also equals to doing drugs. No, <laughs> did you know that? Okay, no, I didn't know this. I, a seventh generation witch, did not know that. <laughs> if you do witchcraft, you do drugs. Like <laughs> somehow she made the correlation of me doing witchcraft and being gay is to doing drugs and or getting myself involved with older women she thought i was going to like be involved with like older older women because most of the witch witches that she knew were like women's in their 40s and 50s so yeah like i understand she had her like moments and i miss her but some of the stuff that she made me go through just i didn't necessarily go back in the closet i was very open about it i just had to be more careful um yeah uh so like i actually think i practiced fully by myself my entire entire time except for when i met my then girlfriend and she 100 100 was in the witch closet she to this day has never came out of either closet and 
Like she was the one I primarily practiced with. And it was very spiritual because she, I did love her. She was my first girlfriend. She was my first love. And she's the first person I ever did witchcraft with. Uh, so it was very, ah. it was very special to have, share that with her. And I honestly, this is going to sound really, really gay, but I honestly feel like I'm, I am uh, connected to her for the rest of my life. I actually think she's one of my twin flames. See, that's such a romantic idea. And I do feel like that there is kind of a connection between witchcraft and the way that like, we romanticize things like that. Yeah. I, I do consider witchcraft to be a romantic thing because you're entering a headspace where mm-hmm. you are connecting with other people, with the universe, with, with things that speak to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a very good thing. And I think it's healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, once I started getting like more comfortable with myself and my witchcraft, I, I had so many friends come up to me like, hey, Jay, like, do you want to do a spell for me? And I was like, sure, homie. I did not fuck with love spells. I did one and I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did one and it backfired yeah me too we'll do a whole episode about that okay <laughs> yeah um, what's really interesting though is that during that big like sit down conversation my mother actually did let slip that uh, that our family was involved in that oh. she said I grew up with that and I don't want to um, she really wanted to divorce herself from the rest of my family Mm -hmm. for reasons that I think were very valid. Yeah. But she kind of lumped witchcraft in as part of that. And I think that was her, I don't want to say mistake, but I think that that was a conclusion that she didn't necessarily need to jump to, Hmm. but it was, it was a thing. The interesting bit now though, is that my mother does practice now. My mother is very much, um, she does honor that part of our family history now, but That's now cool. is, but now is 13 years later. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I have been practicing and studying witchcraft for 13 years now. Uh, so this episode is kind of like, it's very interesting. It's very nostalgic. It's very, uh, like there, there's a lot to it. I think that when you when you begin in the broom closet, I think that it really sets you on a solitary path. I think that uh, that it takes time to kind of like come out of and uh, become accustomed to doing these kinds of things with other people. It becomes a very private thing Absolutely. because you have to be super about who you share it with. I don't, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or just my opinion, or you'll probably agree with me. Uh, sometimes when you first start out with anything, practicing by yourself is probably the way to go about it. Don't like try to find three other friends and practice witchcraft, because you never know what their intent is going to be. You know what your intent is going to be. Yeah, that's true. You know yourself better than you know anyone else. And also, the people that you practice with are people that you become connected to. Yeah, like everybody- you. If someone practices under a different name and you know their magical name, that gives you power. Unless they change it. If they're smart, they'll change it often. Or or they'll change it for each coven. But there, there is... I want to do a whole episode about names, too. Oh, yeah. 
there's power in names and there's power in like the spells that you've done. You become connected to those people. Um, when I was in the broom closet, I practiced with three friends and I also practiced by myself more often than not. But you learn a lot during your closet years. Mm-hmm. And I think that this time in the, in the broom closet is very valuable. Mm-hmm. I think that secrecy is a valuable thing to learn. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm a Scorpio. But secrecy is a very valuable skill mm-hmm. when you're dealing with this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's good to keep your craft close to your chest. Absolutely. Close to your heart, but also close to your chest. Uh, so this is good. And I say that despite running a spell and tell podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, shoot. Yeah. Don't ever spell and tell. Ever. Uh, I will immediately not follow this advice, and I'm going to tell you about one of the first spells I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your own. But if you practice somebody else, it's kind of like Fight Club. We do not talk about it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, as general practice, you don't talk about things that happen uh, during a ritual without the consent of everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's like, no. Uh, so I had another friend. Unfortunately, he's passed away. He actually passed away this year. His name was Onyx. We actually named each other and we were actually in the broom closet together. And we actually came mm. out around the same time out of the closet together. So we both helped each other essentially come out of the broom closet and come out of the actual closet. He was one of my best friends and I will always be connected. I'm going to start crying on the podcast. I will always be connected to Onyx because he <laughs> named me and I named him. So, Yeah. No, that makes... See, and that's what I mean. Like when you're doing this kind of thing with someone else, you'll always be connected to them. Like you always have that. I'm going to cry on a podcast, y'all. <laughs> You're going to cry on the podcast. Oh, uh, man, I, I, I really wish you'd listen to our podcast. Like, I, oh, man, he'd be so proud of me. He'd be so proud of you. He doesn't even know you. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't just say that because it's my podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I say that because I'm a Scorpio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a Scorpio. I'm just crying baby because I'm a I'm, I'm a I'm a Pisces. I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, what's my star sign? Y'all water signs be crying. <sighs> yeah. Don't tell me Scorpio is a water sign. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Scorpios be repressed water signs is I, what it is. I don't know. You you laugh at my jokes. Yes. <laughs> like, Your jokes are so funny. Thank you. I wanted to become a stand-up comedian, but I have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so you started a podcast instead yeah i started a podcast with you instead because now i can just flub over my words and you can just edit it out unless it's something controversial and you have to leave it in yeah i'll leave in anything controversial okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'll leave in the parts that will get you canceled by your ancestors sweet <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> I always wanted to be canceled by my dead relatives. My my father's okay, so my birth father's side and my mom's side, my, my mom's side is obviously my grandma's side. But my dad's mm-hmm. side I know is Romani. Uh I'm gonna say the word travelers because I don't want people canceling me for using the words. I'll say travelers. Um and I don't know too much about that side, but they are the side that I 
I guess I get most of it from. At least that's my birth dad says. He comes from travelers, but yet says I'm going to hell somehow, even though he, that's what he practiced. I'm like, he's Catholic now. Catholic is basically just like witchcraft light. <laughs> Catholicism is witchcraft through a Christian lens. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand. Like, I am i don't know if my birth father's ever listened to this podcast. If he does, sorry, dad. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he straight up told me when I reconnected with him, he's like, oh, I understand that you have this witch phase. I was like, Dad, you weren't in, you weren't around my entire life, so like, don't come at me. And then my birth mom, when she started to get to know me, she was like, I can't believe this. I can't. I know what G mom used to tell me, but I didn't believe it was true. Like when I told people I was getting hand fasted, like my Christian friends and my Christian relatives were like, "What the fuck is that? Are you gonna sacrifice a goat?" I'm like, "No, just after hours." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely this, like, and this is, I think, I have a really hard time interacting with people who are, like, hardcore Christian, because I find that a lot of Christians are like, oh, I used to do witchcraft. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not where you are. Yeah. If I turn my back from witchcraft, and I don't think I will, because I'm I'm nearly 30 now, and I've been doing it for 13 years. Yeah. It's uh, not a phase, mom. You don't get to judge someone for something that you yourself used to do. Mm-hmm. And especially especially Catholics, because y'all are still currently doing witchcraft. You can, you can call it whatever you want. Your saints are minor, are minor gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not going to tell me that the Virgin Mary and uh, like the, your Lord, our Father, are not a duality. Yeah. She gave birth to God. That is that is a very like Wiccan concept specifically. Oh yeah, yeah, no, like oh, yeah. They 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 took that from us. But you know what? We will share because we are good wholesome <laughs> people. <laughs> good wholesome peaceful. Oh, we're gonna do a whole episode about. I'm promising a lot of episodes in this episode. I know these people are gonna like. You're gonna have to do episodes in everything now. Yeah. I will be beholden to that, though, because I do, I really want to talk about these things. Me too. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much to, like, like, I don't think anyone should have to grow up in a, in a broom closet. Yeah. I think that what's good for your, I think it's good for your craft to grow up in a, in a broom closet. It teaches you secrecy. Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to do very minimal spells, which I think is good for everyone to start off with. Yeah. But it's very bad for your psyche. Yeah, absolutely. It's bad for it's bad for you yourself. And I understand even in the moment it feels intensely damaging. Oh yeah. And people with children who I hope will maybe someday listen to this podcast don't force that on your kids. Mm-hmm. You can you can let them be themselves and explore their religion, explore their spirituality apart from you, which I think is a necessary development um, without overbearing yours. Yeah. They're their own people. Let them, let them do what they're going to do. Witchcraft is not about sacrificing goats. Absolutely. It's not. This is gonna this is gonna sound like a really strange request, but can I dedicate this episode to my friend Onyx? 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Always. See, always taught me, no matter what closet you come out of, you'll still have a good support system. That's very true. You, yeah, and, like, for any, like, baby witches who may be trapped in the closet, um, this might sound counter, but don't come out until you're ready. Yeah. Make sure that you are prepared for any eventual consequences. Um, because I I was found out too soon. Yeah. And that could be like... And so were you. Traumatizing, yeah. Whew. Thanks, trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, and trauma. I, and I know there's so many people that have the same, like, experience. Absolutely. Because, you know, there's such mentality and taboo on it. Your time in the in the broom closet is where you're building the foundations of what your craft is going to be. And this is true for every beginner, but especially because when you're stuck in the broom closet, you have to get creative. Yeah. That that requirement to be creative has the potential to make you a better witch. Absolutely. Because you are operating on a bare bones shoestring budget and you're not going to have candles of every color. You're not going to have every kind of incense. Your materials are going to be what you can find. And this is the way that witchcraft was practiced back in the days of the bubonic plague. But the bubonic plague is still around, Hazel. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) We're not talking about that this time. Okay. Fuck steak. We bought it plague. I know. <laughs> I know it is. But back in ye olden days, witchcraft has always been a thing that has been oppressed. It's always been a thing that has been kind of like witches have always had to do this on the down low. Mm-hmm. Always. You are retracing the footsteps of the original witches. Your time in the in the broom closet is not wasted. It is valuable. And you're building the foundations of what your craft is going to be. And you're learning creativity and secrecy. Absolutely. Uh, and when you are ready to come out of the closet, you'll have a good support system. If you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hmm, I really want to come out of the closet. We will be here for you whenever you're ready. So that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed us. We do have some socials. It's BitchcraftCast on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. And we actually made a, a Facebook group called Bitchcraft Witchcraft. So come join us, meet some new friends, and do heathen shit. Goodbye forever. Goodbye forever.